0: You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, Riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with... We place ads
1: online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people
0: respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand, you can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real
1: problem. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And
0: anything goes. Motto of the show:
2: Let your true flag fly.
1: Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains.
0: Here are your hosts, Kathy Kaye and Tommy.
1: Hey, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous podcast, follow the show at Strict Anonymous or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you haven't subscribed to the show, subscribe to the show. And if you can, write a review. I love to get reviews. I love reading the reviews. I even like when my listeners send me emails and tell me what they think about my show. I have a lot of listeners who do that. Um, also, I'm always looking for people to call into my show. So if you want to be on my show, this is a call-in advice show where I talk to people about their secret lives, their interesting lives. I also give people advice. I really do my show because I like to help people. So I love to, and I like to analyze people's problems. So if you have a problem too that you want to talk about and your friends don't want to talk, hear about it anymore, or you have no friends, <laughs> you could call into my show. Send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com and I'll have you on. I have a guy on today who was a listener and he sent me an email and uh, he's into all kinds of things. He's into S&M, both sides of it. He's been a sadist. He's been a masochist. And I'm wondering if maybe, and I think we talk about this, whether like most people that are into S&M, you know, go back and forth with those roles or switch at some point or typically they stay just on one side, but he does both. He's been into the sadist side of things as well as the masochist side of things, which you know, includes face-sitting and throat fucking and fisting and I mean the throat fucking leads to gagging and throwing up and beating the shit out of each other and all that kind of good stuff. (laughs) He's been to dominatrix. He's uh, been in a lot of relationships. He's been married. This isn't a secret life. I mean he's pretty open about what he's into and he's been into everything that he's been into. For most of his life It started pretty early on He knew he was into it And so we talk all about it So I'm just going to get right back on With Craig I think that's his name Yeah, I'll be right back on With Craig (laughs) Do you
0: have a story Lifestyle Or situation you can't talk about To anyone To anyone Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly And be on the show Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you Send us an email, strictly anonymous at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.
1: Hey Craig, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. You're on with Kathy. How are you?
3: Great. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thanks for coming on my show. Actually, you emailed me because you're a listener of the show and you know, sometimes every now and then I get an email that's just like to me filled with so much good stuff, you know, <laughs> not that, right listen, now. I find all of my calls fascinating, you know, but the summer extra because they have like, you know, 50 things in them and your email was one of those. So, you know, um, I, it's hard to know where I would start, start with you because you've done so much and you're into so much. But so I figure like the best way to go about it is to start like, you know, when you were really young and got into everything, um, you know, you're into S&M, right? Both sides of it, yes. right? Yes. Um, yeah. But when uh, you were younger, you started more so as a masochist, right? Like, and you were like really into that role. It wasn't until you were like later in life that you got into the other side of it, right? As far oh, as- no, no.
3: It's the reverse, actually. Um, In terms of the things that I did... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely acted more like a sadist in the beginning. Oh, wait, is the Uh,
1: sadist the one that, you know what, give me the the correct definition
3: first. Okay, so the most basic... Mm definition would be a sadist is someone who gains sexual pleasure from hurting another person mm-hmm. and a masochist would be somebody who gains pleasure from being hurt
1: oh okay right so i just had it backwards in my head i for some reason i was right. thinking the masochist is the one that right 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 and that's what you started out like very early on right like when you were like in high school and all of your first sexual experiences right were sort of well
3: yes i didn't i think it was more of a it was something I fantasized about, but I really didn't know how to bring it up with people. I also didn't really have a ton of experience in high school, but there were, there were two women, mm-hmm. girls, I guess, that you know, I dated in high school who were like super aggressive in certain ways. Like they would, when we would make out, uh, they would like bite my lips and pull them, and you know, it really it just turned me on so much. Uh, they would. They would leave me like really, literally bruised and swollen, you know. Uh, uh-huh. And that was just really wild. One of them would, you know, she would just tease me all the time, and I didn't really understand what she that she was getting off on, like getting me hard, getting me worked up, and then, you know, the date would end or we'd split up, and she would leave me with blue balls, and I had, I didn't understand that that was part of what she got off on. Uh-huh. Until later in life, you know, you understand, you learn about different things, and
1: right, both sides of it.
3: That, that people get off on the power trip, uh-huh. or you know, the mind suck. and you know, sixteen years old, I didn't really, you know, I was kind of like on a roller coaster. I didn't even know I was on a roller coaster.
1: Right, but you were though. Before you even had these experiences, you, that's what you fantasized about, right? So uh, at some oh, point, yeah. you realize like this is what you were turned on by.
3: Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. But it was. It was like a feeling, you know, it was like, uh, like, you would see, like, I I would see like the, I don't know, any sort of imagery of like a really powerful woman, whether it's like, uh, you know, the way they're dressed, you know, like boots, leather chains, you know, like, I just got the feeling that this was something that was appealing to me.
1: Right, like, that's where you like, that's where your attention was drawn, and you would get
3: like turned on by that. Yes, totally, totally. Mm -hmm. And honestly, any any form of power exchange, you know, even if it's like a psychological one, like they're somebody is dressed in a way that's very provocative, and they can kind of
1: control you with their control uh you
3: exactly, or yeah, Mm appearance, sensuality, or yeah, that sort of stuff.
1: How old are you now?
3: Like, I'm 38.
1: A 38. So, like, when you were young, right before that, was like, was there porn readily available, and like, is that how you stumbled upon it, or was it like, how did you first, like, as a really young person that you know, maybe did because you didn't have a lot of experience, right? Like, your first memories right. of realizing you were turned on was it confusing to you, and like, do you remember how it came about? Like, was it just people well, walking down the street?
3: No, I was very young, and I watched, you know, watching cartoons. And- mm-hmm. The Saturday morning, and then it goes into the afternoon, and like that weekend afternoon programming around that time uh-huh. was like real low budget or kind of anything goes. And at one time, I saw this women's wrestling, um, and it was you know very campy stuff, but you know, when you're that young, you don't understand camp.
2: Uh-huh.
3: and. I just watched, you know, these women who are dressed like in a very biker heavy metal kind of way and fight like these two pretty blonde girls who look like, you know, kind of that spandex uh aerobic kind of look. Uh-huh. And the heavy metal girls just beat the shit out of them and it was the <laughs> hottest thing I ever saw in my life. It's
2: like
3: I wanted to you know, I, I I don't say this in like such literal terms, but like, I wanted to beat the shit out of these pretty girls, and I wanted these biker girls to beat the shit out of me. And that was a very, you know, it was so clear cut. So uh-huh. from a young age, you know, I, I maybe I wasn't watching pornography, but I definitely the the power dynamic, sexuality, violence, all those things came together. Uh-huh. And then like that's what you instance. would as, right? And that yeah. then that's yeah. what you would
1: use in your brain, you know, like imagination, to get yourself off when you were like jerking off before you even had experience. Right. And I find it interesting, but I think this is very true and I say this a lot in other in different ways, but, like, I really believe that when you start to think about something or you're pondering it or you're open to it, like, like tracks, like, right? Like, it's interesting that you met two girls in high school, right? You weren't putting it out there that you like that kind of a thing, right? But you did wind no, I, up enough. meeting two girls, or did you? I mean, no, right?
3: I I definitely was a, a little... I don't know. I, de- I probably put something out there. Yeah, I mean... What I was into is definitely like the heavy metal look,
2: imagery.
3: Uh I used to, you know, draw violent pictures. You know, I definitely gravitated towards a certain aesthetic. And uh, I guess I was, I I know I was putting it out there, but I, I I didn't know the specifics of what I even wanted, what I was comfortable with. That's why it wasn't very, it wasn't until later in my 20s that I really got to truly dive into this stuff
1: and now so when you got into the, those first two girls didn't one of them beat the shit out of you in a taxi cab I mean I know some details because you explained them to me in the email wasn't that yeah. one of oh, like our early on experience and what did yeah, you mean she kinda, beat the shit out of you
2: <laughs>
3: no that was, that was crazy and you know what I should have I should have told you ahead of time like I think I want to save that for later in life um, I feel like that's something I'm still figuring out you know that, or, or that story like you know, what, what happened between me and her, like, you know, you just think it's like for your, for my whole life, I thought it was, uh, well, here's a crazy thing that happened, you know, as a teenager. And mm-hmm. then later on, you know, in my thirties, I'm like, I think that person sexually assaulted me. Oh, you know? and it. like right, right. That, And that, you're still
1: not sitting with it properly. Like you haven't sort of come to yeah, total yeah, terms yeah. with I, it yet. I'll be mm-hmm. honest,
3: like only in the past, past year or two, did I realize like, oh, that again, I think about things that happen, in, you know, in the immediate aftermath, uh-huh. like, oh, OK, that's why those things are happening to me, because I because this traumatic thing had happened and I had no idea what it was. You know, it's not like any, you know, so that so I, I couldn't even tell you a good story about that.
1: Right. But what age were you, you when that happened?
3: 15 or 16 right
1: but do you think that that had to do with everything that came after like the girls biting you and all that stuff and why that turned you on do you think it all stemmed from that or no because you were kind of no because the
3: the women wrestling thing was was like many was many years before that Mm -hmm. that was like pre-high school
1: right it is kind of interesting though right that like you sort of had this desire right and then attracted this scenario into your life in a it, that was not what you wanted, right? That was an extreme, but it was like right. in the same realm. It's kind of like interesting oh, in a some sort of weird psychological way, right? That you're gonna figure out, and you could call my podcast two years from now and tell us
2: when you are yeah, well, I don't It's
1: even, heavy shit, I think, yeah. in a way,
3: right? It is, but I feel like you know I turned out fine. That was okay. Uh-huh. It was it was a crazy thing that happened, but I I could today reenact it and that would be cool that would be awesome that would be fun you know I, and it would be probably Well that's cuz you're a lot older right yeah exactly right. Like, i could i could engage in that kind of play in a more intense way because i you know i've wrapped my head around what Right but do i mean like people will what... say the
1: same thing like i think it's kind of like the same thing whenever somebody's like a victim to something i think you know what they do and what's healthy in a way, right? Like maybe it's to like get to the place in life where they could sort of recreate that scenario, but be in charge and take the control away from like that other person and bring it back to themselves because it is about oh, like yeah. sort of losing control, you know? Yeah. So, 100%. so I think that that's great that you're at that place, you know, with yeah. that situation. But you know, so, all right, so you get into, like, the, so you have these two girls. How will you explain the fact that you're, like, walking around with, like, bruised, swollen, bloody lips? <laughs> like, would anyone well, ask um, you questions?
3: Well, for, for better or for worse, you know, they'd give me hickeys, too. So then everything just kind of, it's like, oh, you have a girlfriend, you make out, she gives you hickeys. And it's like, in a way, that the hickey is like a, a distraction from, <laughs> from, you know what I mean? Right, like,
1: at that age, it,
2: right. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, they're more thinking fine. of,
1: like, what what had to do with the sex. They're not probably even putting the two and two together, maybe, that the, the lip thing was as yeah, well, well, right?
3: Yeah, well, one thing is so obvious that the other stuff is more subtle. It's like, you know, if you have a bruise, you know, it's something you feel. It's not something that other people can – it's not a big uh, – Difference from the norm, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. it feels more intense to the person who has it than it does in the outside world. Right, but right, Hickey right. is like, you know, you get skin, and now it's purple, and so that's what everybody can fo- see and focus on.
1: Right. And so, so in high school, those were your experiences, right? And then you moved on to college, right? And then mm-hmm. you, just, then you really got into the whole dominant thing, right? And you got into a lot of stuff and I'm assuming we could get into all of that. I mean, I could give you the list and then you could just go. It was like handcuffs, face-sitting, oh, face and, uh, sorry, face and breast-slapping, spanking, pinning women down, hair-pulling, fisting, and particularly throat-fucking, which you said have escalated to the point of, you know, gagging, choking, vomiting. So let's talk about all that.
3: Okay. Well, the last two were post-college, but pretty much everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I was like, okay, I like this stuff. This is what's turning me on. And then by the time I was in college, I did have access to the internet, and you could see like, oh, okay, yeah, I you know it was mostly pictures Mm -hmm. and stories, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm totally into this stuff. This is what you know I go back to over and over. And I started dating this girl, and I think we both, you know, we both had this very we had good chemistry. And I think we both liked rough sex, Mm -hmm.
2: so, you
3: know, over the course of three years that we were, roughly three years we were together, we got to, like, you know, handle each other more and more roughly. And because we were a couple, we could, you know, feel safe with each other, and then, just kind of, uh, I I I wish at the time I I had been able to verbalize things, but it it more just would happen, you do a little more, you do a little more, and then, you know, she's like pulling my hair while we're having sex, and then um, we would maybe talk about other people that we knew that did crazy things, and we would kind of like laugh about it, but then we'd have sex, and all of a sudden she would be on top of me, you know, riding me, having sex, and then I would just start to slap her breasts, and then she would just make a noise like she enjoyed it and uh-huh. then it just became like I'm going to grab onto your breasts really hard and fuck you really hard and you know the next day she would joke and say jokingly say to me you know I, I, I it hurt to put my bra on and that was just the biggest turn on and I could tell that it turned her on because you know A you know, there's like a smile and a kind of a like haha that was pretty funny that happened but also like She's not following it up with, don't go so hard next time, you right. know, mm-hmm. we're like, just keep doing these things, and I guess, you know, when you're, when you're a couple, you have the luxury of being really intuitive, uh-huh. so there would be nights where, you know, we'd kind of be a little flirty, and then be like, I'm going to really, I'm going to fuck you up tonight, you know, jokingly, and then... You'd go to bed and then just like I'm gonna spank you really hard until you start making noises like it's getting too intense, you know, like uh-huh. where you, you're playing, you're like acting like you're in an S and M relationship. You're like, Ooh, I'm bending you over my knee, I'm spanking you and then you really start laying into the person and then you hear them like you hear the ch- the tone in people's voices change. That's I guess that's what I pay attention to a lot. I pay attention to my partner a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
3: And where things go from like, oh, I'm a sex, I'm a sexy girl. You're so turned on by me, and it's like, oh shit, ow, this is really hot, <laughs> yeah. ow, you know that kind of line. And that's really, I really like to be there in right. that in that area uh-huh. of like whatever you call play, you know, where you're super turned on and almost, almost to the point of like you need things to stop. Like I, I really like being there and. I don't
2: know, like she, she but
3: that girlfriend would let you go
1: as far as you wanted. Was there a point that she stopped? And how long did you date her for? Good news, Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So, if you lead an interesting, naughty, secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too Four two zero three five seven nine. You could call that number twenty four seven. I change all the voices on the confessions too, so you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description.
3: Oh, uh, close to three years uh-huh. we were together. Um, I was still not. Comfortable uh, saying, I want to do this to you. I want to do that to you. You know. So instead, it was like, oh, I bought these handcuffs, and it's like, do you want to try it on me, or should I try it on you? And eventually, we both did it to each other.
2: Uh-huh.
3: And it's kind of a—I don't want to say sad. It's just like that's the reality of like young relationships in like early twenties. Like, and you're not—we weren't capable of saying. You know I want to pull your pants down and stick my tongue up your asshole, you know, like right you know what I mean? like and that's a shame because we only got to do that a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. which was super hot, you know, but there were certain times where we did get really intense like we were we were traveling abroad together and she was sitting on my face and she was starting to grind on like my nose like she was trying to get herself off. And I, it was really hard and, you know, the, the, the force and I felt something in my nose crack and I was like, Oh, oh my God, God I hope there's not blood everywhere. You know, yeah. like, there wasn't, but I but my nose was fucked up and I, I was like running and like, it was like congested, like you you feel like a damage to sinus or something. And We ended up having to go to a doctor. It was kind of <laughs> hilarious. Um, I mean, that was really wild. Um,
2: but you like that. that? I mean, because you got oh. totally
1: into like that's like called face sitting, right? Where like you're oh, almost yes. like being suffocated, but the, you're into that as well, right? That's a little bit oh, of the other yeah. side of
3: things, right? Yeah. So then I would, you know, I, I think face sitting is really hot. I like it as, uh, you know, like a as a form of oral sex where that's also very punishing and is very much about endurance
2: mm-hmm.
3: and you know i you know you know perfect like you could do it as you know like just from a physical perspective you're sitting on this person's face and they have to service you and like you know carry your weight but in a great scenario that the girl on top starts to be more focused on coming than paying attention to whether or not you're breathing mm-hmm. and then you know i have to keep going down on her and like actually lift her up and push her off so i can get a breath and it's really hot when she reasserts herself you know like my my college girlfriend would she was really into pulling my hair so you know she would get on top and she really liked to i I guess use that as like a handle or you know a a leash or whatever like Mm -hmm. to keep your face
1: put right like so you couldn't move
3: yeah, she got really angry at me once and I cut my hair really short. That was, and even that becomes a hot, you know, that, that becomes an erotic thing where she's like, don't ever do that again. I really want to pull your hair, you know.
2: That's, mm-hmm. And I'm not
3: necessarily into having my hair pulled, but it becomes one of those things because it's the dynamic of the couple. Right,
1: right, right. And now with that girlfriend, you did everything, but you didn't start with like the, you said the fisting and the throat fucking, like you did, you did that like later. Like do you, that wasn't a part of that really, that three-year relationship?
3: yeah after that it relationship ended i uh then i yeah I got more into those things i got a actually one woman um let me do that to her and then it was like I was all in that was great i I had seen some pornography about that
2: uh-huh. and it
3: was weird because it made me uncomfortable because it looked like the guy was really disrespecting the women and treating them badly, but I kept watching it I kept coming back to it, you know mm-hmm. like fucking them in the mouth, they're choking, and there's tears, and they're spitting up, and there's like these copious amounts of drool, and occasionally throwing up, and I'd be like, this guy's fucked up, but I kept watching him, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's one of those things where you have to come to terms with yourself you know but how and did it, the it,
1: girl bring it out like so did when you after that relationship did you ever go looking like on craigslist for women or like it, well, just because you wanted to get specific and knew what you liked at that point so you went out is, or did you just like, find
3: people like that no i didn't i just found people like that at this mm-hmm. uh, this is probably like 2001
2: mm-hmm. at
3: this point what we're talking about so i you know i went out with this i I used to. Uh, I, I went out into a club. I met this woman. She took me home, and you know, we're fooling around. And I, she's like, "Listen, I I can't have sex. I can't have intercourse with you." You know. And I was like, "That's fine. You know, I don't mind. We can do lots of other things." I, I just met her that night. It wasn't like I. If someone says they're uncomfortable with something, that's fine. So she's like, "You'll like this," and she. It's on her back and hangs her head off the side of the bed. And she's like, put your dick in my mouth. And so then she grabbed my ass cheeks and was just like pulling me in and pumping my dick into her. And it was, it was awesome. It was like, I've seen this done in pornography and this girl is totally into this. And, you know, I banged my dick all the way down her throat. It was so awesome. Uh, and I was like, it's one of those things that once this door is opened, that's it it's open it's like open uh, possibility in my life this can happen I can I can fuck a woman like this and you know basically if you present I would meet other people I'd present myself as someone who enjoys being dominant in bed and then that would be one of the things I would do you know we would be having oral sex and I'd maybe you know grab them by the hair or by the throat and you know, not like start jackhammering right away, but you know, holding someone steady, and I, I almost, almost always was met with really positive uh, reception. So, right, I, I did it obviously,
1: a lot. probably even with women that maybe had never done it before, did like some of them say like, "Wow, that was the first time, and it was like so hot."
3: Right, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I met a couple. I was with a couple different people who. I guess, you know, they were into it, and then we were... If they're really into it, then you can get really extreme. And that's when I started to come across these other things, like this one woman would just produce, like, just unbelievable amounts of drool and saliva and this thick, white, viscous fluid, you know, would just come you know, like coughing up out of her throat and it would drip down her breasts and on her thighs and she would say to me, oh God, that's, oh, that's gross. And I, would, and I would make her not clean herself off, you know, or I would scoop it up and rub it on her breasts or rub it on her pussy and I'd tell her, I was like, you fucking leave it there. And it was really fun. It was really exciting. You know, I was, it was great, you know. She had like a, she had a, I guess a, A short afro, and I could grab a handful of it and just pump into her mouth, and Uh
2: she
3: would just choke and spit up, and we both were having an amazing time. You know, uh, if you—I believe—if you treat people well then it's okay to do like crazy stuff and- yeah
1: because they trust you and there's a like a somebody once said like the best kind of dirty sex is like clean dirty sex or something like around that like you know it's like you could if you trust somebody and like somebody and you're cool with somebody then you could be as dirty as you want and it takes away the dirty dirty you know what i mean because it's not like you're doing it in a back alley with some stranger not telling anyone right like if it's on the up right. and up, and you're both into it, you, you right. could just, like, do what you want, but you don't have to feel terrible about it, like, freaked out about it afterwards, right? right I would assume exactly. you didn't feel... There was no, con- like, confliction for you, right? Because this was what you no, were into. No, no, not
3: at all. And actually, that woman, uh, she would say things that, in the heat of the moment, I was like, I, I couldn't tell if she was being antagonistic with me, which was really fun. Like, what would she say? In the... Like when we were having intercourse, Uh she'd be like, you know, come on, fuck me harder. Come on, fuck me deeper. You know, like, in a, like she was really into it. We were having a great time. But there's like this little thing in the back of my mind, like, am I not fucking you hard enough? Uh You know, and I would just bang the living daylights out of her and she'd just be, you know, happy. But then the next day she would say, oh, my God, I'm so bruised. Oh, my pussy's so sore. And all that stuff. And I'd be like, oh, Jesus, thank God. I hope you're hurt because you're fucking working me like a dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's the turn on to you, right? For you, right? That's what oh, you yeah. like.
3: A hundred percent. You know, uh, Would she ever really... vomit?
1: Like, I mean, do you get into the vomit thing too?
3: I wouldn't say I'm into the vomit, but I have been with one woman who, while she never admitted it, she did vomit with me multiple times, and all she would do is just like, you know, grab a napkin and, you know, wipe it off the floor and just go right back to sucking my dick.
1: Right. And, so it didn't bother her, but it wasn't like necessarily part of the turn on. But it just happens because it's ha- because of what the nature of it, the physical uh, I nature believe- of
2: it. She was
3: very into things that got into the humiliation zone. I I feel like... So this is a different woman, Uh you know. So this woman I I met on Craigslist, Uh she's probably the first person that I ever got together with where we did, like, power exchange.
1: What is that all about?
3: Well, where it wasn't solely me roughing her up. She would uh, would hurt me as well. Uh Whatever, take turns or just experience different things. So... She was the one who would throw up sometimes, and she actually had a foot fetish, which was amazing. I've, n- I've never even really heard of a woman who was into feet, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, I remember her commenting a couple of times that my feet were really nice because, and I she, was, she would say they were like really smooth and soft, and I was like, oh okay, or maybe it's because I grew up in the city and I didn't. I always had to wear shoes. I didn't run around, you know. She grew up in a more rural uh-huh. place. So I guess she I, I always assumed that like, you know, her feet were whatever calloused or tougher or something like that. And then I thought to myself, Oh, maybe this girl is really into feet. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try something out. And uh so one night I'm I'm having sex with her she's I'm fucking her from behind. She's you know, doggy style. And I'm, like I think she was she was on my bed with her, you know, butt in the air and I'm standing on the floor and I'm fucking her I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my foot up there. I'm gonna step on her face. I'm gonna like do something kind of humiliating, but I'm gonna give her what she wants. And she loved it. She just started slamming her ass back into me harder, and then she grabbed my foot and started biting and sucking on one of my toes. And I almost lost it right there. I was. It was. It was a great experience. You know, like one of those things. You know, you you just try something in the heat of the moment, and it, it worked out. It was great.
1: Yeah, you know, I've had men that were, I see a lot of foot worship. It's not, it's not like a, it's a common fetish, I have to say. I see tons of them on Craigslist and I've had a couple of them on my show, but never a woman. So if there's any right. women, <laughs> but of course there's going to be women that are into it, right? I mean, why wouldn't yeah. there be? Yeah. And so you're not, it, so I'm assuming when you're doing all this stuff, like you're, like that one girl you dated for three years, and then when did you have another? long-term relationship or you were you just seeing multiple people that you were doing this with like sort
3: of just dating
1: or just sleeping uh, around
3: so it's a, that was like my three years was my college relationship i had another relationship that was kind of just a shitty one mm-hmm. i wouldn't say anything could happen there <laughs> and then i dated another woman uh for about a year we lived together Uh, she, she, you know, we lived together for about a year and we had tons of sex and mostly with me as a dominant partner. And, you know, it was one of those things where, uh, I think she just was, she just liked to fuck all the time. She liked to be a sex object and she was really, she was really into anal sex. Not, not my, not my dick, but maybe having like a toy in there while I have sex with her or mm-hmm. and I should let me eat her ass sometimes. But, you know, I think that was kind of uh, still like a subservient position for me to be in. So she really didn't let me do that too often. And, you know, at that time I was still feeling like un- reluctant to t- put myself out there like that. Like, Hey, you know, it'd be really hot if you, you know, uh, slapped me around and, you know, sat on my face and made me eat your pussy, you know, like...
2: But even though
1: you had those experiences and knew you liked it, you just didn't feel comfortable to sort of own it? Like, with yourself or with other people?
3: Oh, with other people. With myself. I I knew exactly what I wanted. Right, right. So, put it out there. I mean... I've had girls straight up tell me I'm not going to do that. Why would you want that? You know, I, I've had like 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 sad, hurtful experiences as well. I mean, it's cool to. I like coming on here and telling you about all the awesome sex stuff, but there've been some sad moments where it's like, oh, you think I'm less of a man because I want that? Like I've had that experience too. I've had girl. I've had a girl say, I will never do that for you.
2: What well, was
1: it? And when was that? When Like, was this in the middle of all? Like, when you were with that three-year relationship, like, yeah. you know, because you did say that most women, nine out of ten, were totally into it. Like, you found that they were really game for what you were into, and they did like to sort of be dominated, right? In Yeah.
3: yeah. On, when it comes to me being dominant, I felt like I had like, a, I don't know, 90%, 95%. Uh, Acceptance rate,
2: right? And
3: and then when it comes to me being mas i I, I would consider myself more masochistic than submissive. Uh You know, I—I'm not really. I'm. What's the
1: difference between masochistic and submissive? Submissive is like—is masochistic. There's got to be some sort of pain involved.
3: Yeah, Uh yeah. That that would be like okay. This is a good way to put it. I think. I could get kicked in the balls by any number of people and it would be hot and awesome, but I, I don't want to like have a relationship with them, be nice to them or like do things for them. Oh, right.
1: mm-hmm. oh like, yeah, because I've I'm had like, these BSDM people on it when they explain this whole subservient submissive thing, that submissive person like you said, does all this other... It's not just about sex. There's a lot of other stuff that go
3: gets right, involved, right? like there's a relationship. There's yeah, totally. A psychological aspect. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
3: And I don't feel that for... It's
1: just sexually you like to be submissive yeah. though, as long as there's the, like a pain involved. So it's not really, you're right, like it, with the right term wouldn't be submissive. It's yeah. more But like I have
3: been to, you know, I've seen professional dominatrixes before, and You know, you walk in and you're like, hey, listen, how you doing? Pleasure to meet you. You know, I'm really into, you know, getting punched in the nuts, you know, and
2: physically manhandled.
3: But please don't, don't talk to me in a mean way. I don't want any emotional or psychological distress. I'm here to have fun. This is what I enjoy. And I'm really happy to be here. And honestly, man that is awesome. That, is, that usually is a great
2: experience.
3: Then that person is like, awesome. Let's have some fun. You know, if uh-huh. if they enjoy that kind of play, then it's, it's killer. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, totally. Now, let me ask you this. When you're doing that, when you're with the, the dominatrix and stuff, like, do you get anything in your ass? Like, is there any of that kind of stuff that goes down when no, you're I being mean, masochistic?
3: I've had that happen, but that really doesn't turn me on. Uh-huh. Um one woman that I was with, she she really wanted to bang me in the ass with a strap on, but that's
2: not for That's
3: not for me. I mean, I've had a girl eat my ass before and that was really that was a that was a great experience, but uh-huh. uh you know, that wasn't uh that's not the same thing.
1: But when did you have your first sort of experience where somebody like really hurt your feelings? Like you said, and I'm assuming it wasn't when you were being the dominant, like sadist person. It was more as when you showed the masochistic side of you that you were you felt rejection from women?
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: And when did that first happen? Like what was the first experience where that happened? How old were
3: you? Um, Maybe about 22. Uh-huh. You know, I, I dated a girl and I said, "This is, would you would you do this? Would you sit on my face? You know, and it was just like, I just got 20 questions. Why do you like that? Why do you think that is? <laughs> right, right, was Why an do analyzer. you want me to do that? <laughs> you know, and it's like, just like, imagine having someone nitpick your your sexual preferences. That, that's, that's the opposite of a turn-on. That's like, really a way to feel like put under a microscope and you know, I mean to back, feel let's, bad let's about, about
1: like it's like why is she she's kind of like what she's sort of implying is there's something wrong with you, right? And she's trying to get oh, yeah, to it that with all those questions. So on some level you know that, right? So it is a real disc, right? Like Yeah. And
3: it's like I don't know, I I think maybe it was really like, I don't want to do that, so I'm gonna try to make you feel bad about it so that you don't ask for it again.
1: Yeah, but it might have not even been that manipulative. she might have just been really freaked out and thought like, Oh, is this like a red flag. Does this mean something about him that I, you know, cause like a lot of times people you're dating people and they're like thinking they're going to marry you one day, you know, even if it's the second date. Do you know what I'm saying? So they're like interviewing like you for the rest of your, like for that rest of your life position. So I think sometimes it's a little bit about that. And if somebody's not into somebody that's that hardcore, something like that could be like wow I can't be with this person long term so it might have not I mean you were young right and vulnerable and you're just putting yourself it's very vulnerable I think to really show parts of yourself that are very private like that right look I have to have a show where people change their name and their voices just to be honest right because people are so judgmental about this stuff so I think it is very hard to put yourself out there and you were like really young and sort of being really honest about who you were and what you were into and when somebody does that it must feel really terrible. But I think probably looking back, if you were like older and felt more secure in what you were doing and who you were, right? And that just comes with being an older person. You'd realize that it probably didn't mean anything about you, right? Like, and you could understand it from her perspective, right? Like I said, because she's probably looking at you like, can I marry this man <laughs> and if he's right. into like if he's into S and she's not like that might freak her out because she doesn't know what that means you know um right but you right. take right. it Good as point. a way to like oh my god like something's wrong with me which is very understandable you know that's like yeah. that miscommunication thing that you know we yeah. no one really, and this is the shit that fucks us up for you know many years yeah. <laughs> as a part of being a human yeah. being right Um, Yeah, yeah, totally. So is that why you kept, and then I'm I'm assuming it must have happened maybe a couple times because you kept that part of you a little bit under wraps, right, because of these experiences?
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like, it's an easy dig for a woman to, like, question a man's uh, masculinity because he wants those sort of things that, like, that thing cuts to the bone quick.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. And then if you couple it with the fact that somebody did sort of Take away your masculinity In the taxi cab Right like that there was a, 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 Right there was a little bit of that Sort of taken from you So I feel like it could also be triggering Like feelings about that as well And that's probably why when women weren't Into it or put you down you took it Like in a way that it was uh, You know Maybe you were more sensitive to it Do you know what I'm saying Yeah that's
3: a, yeah. you're right That's a, That's a good point
1: yeah. Um, so, like, what ha- Like, what were your experiences? Like, the other experiences with the women? Like, what did you ask, and what did they say to make you feel so like terrible about what you were into? Uh,
3: I mean, just one woman. huh. She literally said, "I'm never going to sit on your face."
2: Uh huh. You know
3: that that is uh, that's a pretty that's like a, you got to swallow that pill. You know. Uh huh that was a rough one to hear because it's like hey i'm into this and they're like i'll never do that it's i don't know it's weird
2: it's like but even like
1: it's more weird for her to say that because like were you even saying like i want you to sit on my face and suffocate me or were you just like i wanted you to sit on my face because like doesn't everybody sit on someone's face like that's a part of normal sex too no am I wrong? Am I like into S&M and I don't know it? <laughs> like, I mean, I've yeah, sat on no, many know. people's faces. Like, I think it's just, uh, isn't it, it's been a part of my sexual experience. It's to me, it's very vanilla, but I mean, yeah. was it, I were know. you explaining it in a way? Like, I really want you to sit on my face. Cause listen, I know the kind of face sitting you're into, and that's a whole other thing, right? Like you said, it's a part, there's a lot more to it than just regular sitting on someone's face. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Of course. It's Did, like, uh, It's a power exchange. Yeah.
1: But did you explain that to that girl or were you just like sort of tiptoeing around and just wanted her to sit on your face and she was like, no.
3: No, I was definitely, I was clearer about it being. A thing. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah. And she was like, no way.
3: Right, right, right. And you know, uh, one girl, this woman I dated, she would indulge it from time to time, and she actually provided me with one super hot experience once. She, like, laid down on the bed, and she pulled her pants down. She took out a vibrator, and she's like, don't stop beating my ass until I come. You know, and she, I just got down on my knees, right? I went down on her ass, and she played with herself, and it was, like, super hot. But mm-hmm. I remember that same woman, we were, we were kind of in the, the process of breaking up, And I remember she kind of used it as a, as like a, I don't want to say.
2: She used it against Bargaining.
3: Oh, okay, go on. Like a bargaining or manipulation thing. In what sense? What do you mean? In that she said she would not indulge in any dominance herself unless we were going to get back together.
1: Oh, like, God, you know, you know I per- I mean? yeah, that's the- when you start playing games like that, it ruins everything, that's so dumb.
3: Yeah, but she said, you know what, and that made it easier to, I guess, break up and be like, okay, we've got to get out of this situation, but she got in a really, really um, interesting gig, I guess, when uh, near the end, you know, I think she was sitting on my chest, and she grabbed my head, and she's like... Trying like smothering me with her breasts. I, I like suffocation, uh-huh. play from a variety of different positions. And she's like, "You like that? You like my tits like I'm your fucking mommy." And it's like,
2: "Oh God!"
3: <laughs> like, that turn you off? <laughs> so mean, <you> know? like,
1: <laughs> yeah. But maybe shit, she man, listen. Know. Some people might find that to be. Don't you think that could be a turn on to somebody oh, else? Listen,
3: I I I'm well aware of.
1: That kind that of type thing of right play. yeah mm-hmm. i've
3: I've indulged in like some interest, some other you know breath play that is like, like mommy that. thing right like this the, was mm-hmm. like meant to say like, I don't respect you, what the fuck's wrong with you, you know what I mean like why like well, how long did you date a- her? We lived together for a year. Oh, she was a so. year.
1: So you kind of probably knew at that point that she had never sort of said that before or anything, right? Yeah, no, no.
3: This felt calculated, and she was a very um, calculated person in general. So mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't feel like this was being said in the throes of right. Did that passion? just ruin is, your this heart? Is on. A, <laughs> this is a real like dig. You know, this is a mean thing to say, and it worked. And especially,
1: like, it's even more kind of sicker if you really think about it. Like, she got you totally hard. She got you totally aroused. And then it's like, talk about blue balls. I mean, because you like real blue balls. But this was, like,
2: yeah. <laughs> mean. Well,
1: <laughs> this was,
3: I mean, that, fortunately that, that wasn't part of it. <laughs> this is just like... Um,
1: you well, know, it what we wasn't a part of it, that it
3: ruined, she didn't uh, say it while you were, none of that stuff.
1: No, but didn't she say that while you were having sex? Did it ruin the sex yeah, for you?
2: Yeah,
3: just, we were in the middle of sex stuff, yeah, I, I you know, forgive me, it's like 12, yeah, yeah, 12 13 years ago, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and... That's what sticks out, like hearing that and being like, wow, you've never said anything like that to me. That that didn't feel good. It's, you know, that's how it, that's how, that's what I remember about the experience. And I'm sure.
1: And that's what traumatized you a little bit as far as that was just like another person sort of making you feel bad or less of a man because of right, what you're into. Right, It's like
3: someone, someone said something with the intent of making, of me feeling worse than I did before they said it.
1: hmm uh-huh. But and what was making you feel worse? Like just the other comments from the other woman? Or the fact that you and her were in a bad place?
3: Oh, it was just more... I just didn't like hearing that someone, you know, was making a rude comment about something that I enjoyed.
2: Uh-huh. You know, I,
3: I like this play. I don't want to hear, like, uh, some sort of uh, comment like like that. Like, I'm your mommy. You know, like, I, mean, I don't know. That's, not, that's not in my mind. That's not what I'm thinking about. You know, I, I don't want to have, like, the things that I'm into be, like, uh, ammunition for, like, you know.
1: Right, of course.
2: But that's things, why things that's why it's be.
1: good. I mean, listen, that happened at the end of your relationship and you guys were parting ways. So, at least you know for sure that that was the right thing to do <laughs> and leave yeah, that yeah, relationship, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I think sometimes when we look back at things and stuff, I mean, people are fucked up and people... I think sometimes people sabotage in relationships and people need to do certain things to get themselves out of situations. And it's all subconscious, right? But yeah, she was probably ready to move on too. And she probably did do that calculating and that makes her kind of a bitch, but maybe that's she needed to do that to get out as well, you know? <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh, well, without a doubt. I mean, we were having a hard time mm-hmm. actually ending things and not seeing each other anymore. So that's, You know, maybe that would help her get out. Totally.
1: Maybe she wanted to ruin the sex, you know. So, because sometimes, listen, I think the sex, when you have really good sex and a very strong chemistry with somebody, that's like a very hard thing to walk away from, you know. I always say, like, my relationships that I had the best sort of um, compatibility with guys. Like when I was younger, like I had didn't have really good sex with them. I had the better sex with the people I wasn't compatible with, right? And so those, and those relationships lasted so much longer than the ones that, with the guys that I ha- were very compatible with because that fucking sick pull, you know, that sometimes you could have with someone sexually that just keeps you going back for more no
3: matter what, you know? Right. So it's we'll a very a powerful thing. Yeah, we have, we have shifting priorities and uh-huh. good sex is really high <laughs> up on the list for most of our lives.
1: Right. Well, it's a great thing. I think this is why I do my show because I think, you know, sex is a it's a good thing, you know, and and it could fuck you up. Yeah, and sometimes it's coming out in all kinds of crazy ways and people act out. And I use sex in a negative way at times in my life. But overall, I've always believed it's a very good thing, a very healthy thing. And it's something that we should enjoy, you know, and I think it's great that most of your life, like you've been able to, I mean, you have had these experiences that weren't so great, but you have been able to in your life be, you know, totally like face to face with who you are and what you like and been able to be very honest about that. And that's something you should be proud of. And that's great for you because so many other people, have to shove that shit down and hide it and, you know, do it secretly and there's so much more like that becomes so much more layered with other stuff that take away from it, you know, and nothing that you're doing is wrong or bad, you know, I don't think any kind of sexual desire that people have a lesson, as long as it's not like abusing somebody else against their will, what's the big fucking deal, you know what I mean, why can't we be honest about that? So it's good that you were able to.
3: Yeah, I think honestly after all those whatever, people say mean things mm-hmm. and whole mm-hmm. After that, I learned to put it out way ahead of time, like get in front of the issue. Yeah,
1: weed out the bullshit. And I've had
3: way more positive experiences because of it, and that's why I felt like I can totally, you know, I've I've been with people and said to ask them to just do some kind of crazy stuff and done it, and it's really nice, you know. It was a couple of years ago, this woman was jerking me off, And she had really long fingernails. And I was like, would you stick your fingernail in my pee hole? You know, that's something I had always been curious about. Uh And it was like terrifying and a little painful. But it was hot and she did it because I just was very open. And I said, will you do this? She did it. Uh It was an exciting experience.
1: Right. And so now, uh, somewhere along that, you're, you're walking, right? I mean, people are going to think you're yeah, jerking yeah, okay. off, okay? <laughs>
2: oh, sorry, yeah, just...
1: <laughs> No, I think it's like, people are going to be like, is he jerking off or walking? Like, oh, God, no, one. no, I'm walking, I'm walking. <laughs> no, I know it's true. Um,. So I I know I, and I, you know, let me know, I typically don't know how to like stay within the boundaries and of like, oh, someone says I, we get to talk about this or not. I know you said something about, I know that you have been married and you said something about like, oh, I'm not going to talk about this or that, but like, you know, I, it does play into like your story, right? So you just tell me where I can't go. I think it's about just like the kind of sex you had with them, but like you've been married twice, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And now, like, I'm just curious, like, with your wives, did you cheat on them
2: or oh God, were you no. completely
1: monogamous? No,
3: no I'm monogamous. I, I don't have any problem with that sort of stuff.
1: Okay. I mean, listen, I ask because, like, it, that's not the common man. <laughs> you know, I would say the majority right. of men do. So it's not so. Odd. Right. Right. So you you have not You've been, stri- like, totally monogamous when you've been in your marriages.
3: Yeah. And you've been Look, able to I'm, be yourself, yeah. Yeah, I'm only going to be in a relationship with somebody if they like to have sex a lot uh-huh. and if they like to have, you know, non-vanilla sex. You know, I, I don't have any problem just approaching people and introducing myself and trying to meet people. I'm I'm not under the impression that... um that once one relationship ends. Oh shit! Like, hold never on, hold on, again.
1: My thing just came out. Hold on, one second. I got to plug in my computer before this goes off. I know exactly where we are. Okay, one second. You don't. Okay, so say that again. You know where one relationship? What?
3: If a relationship ends, it doesn't mean that I'm never going to get something perverted again. Like there there's always going to be another relationship out there it's it's not the end of the world so let me ask you
1: this I'm do different. you find that because you like so many different things and you could act out so many different scenarios with being into all this stuff that it makes it easier to be monogamous because you could have like you know what I mean instead because like vanilla sex is kind of like you know there's a couple things and you do it and after a while maybe it gets boring because you're with the same person for so long you know but like when you could do all this other stuff right besides the regular sex stuff like do you think that it helps you be more monogamous because maybe you could do more role playing and that kind of stuff within your marriage
3: i think that having you know an aspect of whatever kink Mm
2: -hmm. that
3: i like that a person really can get into Mm -hmm. definitely helps the relationship because then it's not just like oh cool i got to do that thing and it happened it's like you then it becomes a more multi-layered thing. Like, let's say I'm with somebody and they really, uh they like that, uh the whole tease and denial, blue balls thing. If I'm dating somebody like that and they're, you know, they don't like any of the other fetishes. They don't want to, they don't want to punch me in the balls. They don't want to sit on my face, but they like that other one. Then, it can just become more and more elaborate, more refined. You have different experiences; it's not the same thing every time, you know.
1: Right, so it does sort of add, right? Like it's one hundred percent, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, see, this is why it's so sad that more men, right, and I am sure there is women too, but I think it's a little bit more men that like that they can't bring the things that they're really into you know, into their relationships with their wives, right? And they have to go live these double lives because, you know, maybe their wives would be like, no fucking way or they don't want to be open to it. You know, because if you... I think if more people were open to it, right, there would be maybe less of that kind of cheating. And if you, you know, if a man could get sort of... Or a woman could get satisfied within her primary relationship, there would be no need for that other stuff, right? But sometimes it's just not the
3: case. You know, I'm at the point now where... You know, having been divorced and having had to go back into the dating world, to me, this is like second date stuff, this conversation, mm-hmm. you know,
2: mm-hmm. I
3: need to get it out ASAP. Or yeah, that's smart. I'm, I'm wasting their time and I'm wasting my own time.
1: Yeah, and that's what you learn from experience, right? If you didn't have those couple right. of girls girls put, put you down for what you were into after so long that you wouldn't have realized, right, that this is like, you know, that's how we all learn our shit, right?
3: Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. got burned a couple times, and now <laughs> like, you're like, okay, you know. And also now, you know, I can easily handle someone not being into one or two things or three things that I'm I'm into, but they're into something else that I'm into. But let me great. ask you, That's right. Fine.
1: But in your relationships now, like once you started integrating the whole thing that you were also masochistic, did you were, are you able to be both with people, and is that what you do, or typically you take one side or You know, how does it work? Um, I have
3: found that it is not possible to be 100% masochistic in a relationship. I dated a woman who was a professional dominatrix for 10 years, and we talked quite a bit about it. And I said this to her because she needed me to, like, fuck her like a man you know and what was really funny about her is that she had like no pain threshold i would spank her and she would be whining and i felt like i wasn't really putting half the effort in that i had to put in for other people you know
2: uh-huh.
3: but she she loved to beat the shit out of me she loved it but she couldn't do it all the time she needed me to be a man Hold her down and fuck her, you know, which mm-hmm. i I totally enjoy, and that's great,
1: do't you think it's probably because she was a professional dominatrix and she was it, there was like probably an imbalance in her life because she was doing it so much
3: on well, that one side, right? when we got together, she had done it for ten years mm-hmm. but had been out of that business for two, three years right, right right, you know, she wasn't doing it anymore-,
2: mm-hmm.
3: so we talked about that, and i I said to her once. I think a guy could be one hundred percent masochistic if he made about two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. And she looked at me, and she's like, "Yeah, okay, I could see that." And just, <laughs> yeah. I, I really appreciated her honesty there. It's uh-huh. like if you bring enough to the table, okay, we can we can let it slide,
1: <laughs> right? But she, but long term, do you think? I mean, if that's who she really was and what she enjoyed, she needed a little bit of both.
3: Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not saying that she could then shut off that part of her brain that wanted it. I'm just saying that at at least if you were bringing something else to the table, she was open to discussion. And who knows, maybe 20 years down the line, she'd be like, damn, that was the wrong decision. But at least it was enough to make her think about it.
1: Right, right, right. Exactly. And what about fisting? We forgot about that. How did you get into that? You got into oh, that early uh, on, kind of, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was just something where, I don't know, I, I, I'd read about it so many times uh-huh. in, like, erotica and BDSM erotica, and, you know, I, I'd fingered girls plenty, and I just tried it. I just tried it a couple times, and I, I enjoyed... It's one of those things where I didn't necessarily, like, get physical pleasure out of it, but I really enjoyed the reaction... Of the person I was doing it to, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a very delicate situation, there's a lot of, it's a huge power exchange, and I just, I've enjoyed that, the person I was doing it to, like, gasping and being almost paralyzed, you know, and, you know, you just make very slight motions with your hand while you're inside of them, and it's, it's just a power trip thing, I guess.
1: Right, and it's a part of that whole world for sure, right? I mean, it just goes with all of the stuff that you're into. Yeah. So all, most of the women that were into, you know, sort of S&M would, were into hair pulling, fisting, throat fucking. Like, do you find that most of them are, or they're, like you said before, maybe that they pick and choose like this. I'm really into this, but maybe not that. And you just figure that out and then stick to those places. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: I think so. I think that uh Yeah, yeah, everybody's got their different things that they're willing to be more extreme about. Mhm.
1: But what and, about your ball punching? Like you've got like seriously like you when you say you like someone to beat the shit out of you, like do you come out with like black eyes and bruises or it's No, like- no, no.
3: Um uh, I can't even really afford to <laughs> I've I've been beating black and blue, yes. But Okay. I, you know, I can't do that in public, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't walk around in public like that. But I've had, I don't know, maybe this is, I, I'm actually nearing the end of when I can talk. So yeah, we're, we're at like for, an
1: hour anyway. Yeah, we could do a part 2 yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So... Uh, Yes, I've been beaten black and blue.
1: I've been. Let's leave this as the teaser. We okay. could get into that for the next one. Do you want to do that? Okay, because I cool. know that we had discussed early on that we would do maybe a part two with you because you had a lot of stuff, right? So yeah, yeah. We could leave the ball. I don't know because I, I'm curious of how that actually happens because it just sounds so painful. And I'm sure so many guys listening that aren't into it are like, oh my God, they, you know, just the visual of it. But, uh, you know, but there's probably a lot of people that are into it, you know, so I'd love to hear the details about that. And if you're running out of time, we could save it for part two.
3: Yeah, I am running out of time. I have, uh, you know, got to get back to real life. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right, cool. So, Craig, we'll talk again and we'll pick it up from like, you know, the whole ball. What do they call that? What's the terminology for that? Ball busting?
3: Yeah, ball busting, CBT.
1: CBT, um, what is CBT, Stanley?
3: Cock and ball torture.
1: Oh, okay. We're, I like that better. We're going to start, we're going to next podcast, we start off with cock and ball torture. Yeah,
3: yeah. All right. That would be, that's an episode, that is an episode of my life.
1: All right, cool. So, that, that'll that be the next episode for me. <laughs> All right, Craig, thanks so much for calling in and we'll talk again soon.
3: Thanks a lot. Have a All great right. day.
1: You too, Bye.